Welcome to the Wedding Breakroom Podcast, where your favorite Oklahoma wedding professionals hang out, tell stories, and share advice. If you are a wedding professional, this is a great place to learn from your peers. If you are a couple getting married, you'll get an inside look into what it takes to make your day so special. Well, hey guys, this is Travis, and I am here with pretty much everybody's favorite. Um, every time I ask you wedding professionals on this podcast, who are some of your favorite wedding vendors to work with, I always hear the name Janice Harris. So Janice, you are pretty much everybody's favorite. Oh, thanks, Travis. You're <laughs> making me blush. <laughs> so how are you doing? Doing well, doing very well. Uh, will you own Harris Custom Catering? Yes. So walk me through a little bit about that. How'd, how'd you get started? What's your history of, sure. of how basically how you got to where you are today? Okay. I'll give you a little bit of background. Um, honestly, my uh, history in hospitality really started when I was really, really young. And I was thinking about before this podcast, well, who should I mention and where were some of my influences? And when I was 18 years old, my first job ever was at Pizza Hut. And I remember there was a semi-famous waitress that they brought in to train me, and her her name was Little Sherry. And I don't know if Little <laughs> Sherry is still around, but she really taught me a lot about taking care of people. So huh. she was one of my biggest influences. And then I started working for Val Jeans Corporation. That owned the Eagle's Nest, oh, Harry okay. Bears, you know, all of those nice, cool restaurants. And Pete and Paul, who were the owners, did a lot of training. And their philosophy was, if the client wants it, get it for them. Yeah. So if you're waiting at a table and someone asks for a banana split and you don't serve banana splits, you better <laughs> hightail it down to Brahms and get oh, them. Wow. Now, their concept was you do it, but then you charge it for it. Yeah. So we do that in catering a lot, too. We'll do whatever you want, but you have to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and then I started working in the restaurant industry very young. I moved into the kitchen. I started managing men at the time because we were in the 90s, um, <laughs> much older than myself. So I had to throw myself in and, and learn how to do it so that yeah. I could show them that. So retired from the restaurant industry because I had children, really. Okay. It was really hard on the family. And then I got an opportunity to work for a big catering company in the metro and just as a server to make some side money. Then they found out my resume and said, hey, you want to help in the kitchen? So... Long story short, I ended up being the culinary director there for about 10 years. Oh, wow. And then had another baby. So at that time, <laughs> I think it was my fourth kiddo, um, it was time to make a break. So yeah. uh, I didn't have a plan to start a catering company at the time. Mm -hmm. I just was ready for something new. And immediately people started asking me to cater for them. Yeah. So about four years ago, my first client was a friend of mine and now his wife is my assistant. So she's oh, helping really? me in the office. So it's kind of full circle. But um, they asked me to cater. So we had to find a way to get licensed and to yeah. do it all right. And so we did that. And then it was just pure word of mouth. And it's just exploded. Yeah. Since then. And, so. and I see you at quite a bit of different places. And, and like I said, I was being honest, whenever I ask wedding professionals who their favorite is, I mean, you're, you're getting around because people like what you do. You're not just a familiar face anymore. You're, you're somebody who um, is making an impact on other wedding vendors by them seeing how your quality, basically. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. Um, well, I know you are, you do a lot of weddings, obviously. Yes. So why do you like weddings? Is there something about weddings that you really enjoy? Do you do other events? We do do other events. We've started doing a lot of nonprofit events. 
Um, in addition, we do many corporate events, particularly at Christmas time. Okay. Um, it's a nice break from the weddings, but yeah. my heart is with weddings. Um, I think it's a stressful day, but it's a joyous day, yeah. and everybody's um, excited to be a part of it. And I don't know, I kind of get high when we <laughs> pull it off, you know, yeah. as a team. So I also like the interaction with the bride and groom and getting to know them and investing in their yeah. day. So I think that's why. Yeah, and just the high kind of stress level. Yes. Is, it, I love it. I Even, do too. I mean, it's weird. I used to have a job to where I'd come home just filthy and have to take a shower every time I got home from work. And uh, I missed that, uh, but I got to where I was doing these wet, and it almost felt like the same thing. It's like I'd get home and all the stress just disappear yes. because I just accomplished, we just accomplished that wedding. Right. We knocked it out. We did a good job. Um, it's really cute. My six-year-old will often say, anytime I go to work, break a leg, you know, because he thinks every event we do is a wedding because yeah. we do so many weddings. So it's super cute. Do you know why they say break a leg? I know we're taking a turn here, but. No. I, I guess in the theaters, they used to say good luck. Uh-huh. And they would like almost every time they do that, somebody would break a leg. Oh. So it became bad luck to say good luck. So they started saying break a leg. Oh, cool. So anyway, that's neither here Learn or there. Learn something new every day. <laughs> Um, what I've noticed that on your website especially is you do something that I do, which is very smart, and not, not everybody does this, so I want to kind of ask you about this, is you really put a focus on the wedding couple's guests. Yes. Uh, a lot of times people focus on the wedding couple, and I've actually told couples before, I say I actually almost focus more on your guests than I do, I, than I do. you. Obviously, I focus on the couple. Right. Um, so why is it, why would you say it's important to really focus on the guests and what they want instead of just, I mean, of course you're going to do what the bride and groom wants or the couple wants. Of course that's going to happen. Um, but you are serving so many other people. So why do you kind of put an emphasis on guests on your, on your I website? would say I, that is some advice that I definitely would give couples is to um, consider your guest experience. Um my take is that there's a few things that they remember about at a party per se, which is what I feel like we're throwing when we have a reception. Yeah. Um, they're going to remember the food, they're going to remember the booze, <laughs> and they're going to remember the music. Yeah. So um, it's definitely an emphasis. I think I'm really good. That's one of my talents is knowing what the public is going to accept very well. Yeah. So when we collaborate with couples, we like to take their wishes and try to intertwine with what will be accepted with their crowd. Yeah. We actually talk about who's going to be attending, where they're from, what they're used oh, to, okay. some things like that, so that we know they're not going to be shocked yeah. um, by the style that we're serving and wonder if dinner is coming later and things like yeah. that. So um, definitely important. Yeah, have you ever had a, a, a couple change their mind after you asked them those type of questions? Like that maybe they wanted to go this route and they're like, actually, now that you've asked those questions, uh, I think my guests would maybe prefer something like this instead. Have you all ever had the kind time. Of, oh, really? It does all happen the all the time. Yeah. Well, people don't understand the, the process with catering. Most people think that I'm just going to give them a list and yeah. they're going to be able to pick A, B, and C. But we talk about what their favorite styles of food are, where they like to eat when yeah. they go out and things like that. Um, and then they don't realize we can do whatever they want us to do. That's yeah. part of our process is, yeah. 
they, you tell me what you want and what style. You tell me your budget also, which is also very important. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of collaborate those two things. So okay. um, I come up with what I think is this dreamy version of what their <laughs> reception meal should be. And then many times we have to go back and forth to kind of get it to a happy place. Yeah. So. Well, you just mentioned budget. Like a client will tell you what their budget is. And what are some things that they may not understand that, that goes into a budget when it comes to catering? Because some, some people may look at it as expensive, but there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, kind of walk me through sure. what some clients may not understand about that. I think what some clients don't understand is that we're ordering food specifically for their events. So we're mm -hmm. not serving the same menu items like a restaurant every single day. Yeah. So we have to order just the amount that they need. And sometimes we can't get it at a bulk cost. <laughs> I would say the biggest thing is that they don't understand and why it seems so expensive is when we come to reception venues, whether it's in a tent at a barn um, or something with a full kitchen, we're basically building an offsite kitchen. Yeah. Um, we're having to bring the equipment that we need to finish the product. We're having to find a way to keep it hot, serve it fresh. Um, in addition, we're hiring staff just for their event. I have a pool of people that we, you know, request work and we have yeah. different levels of people with different skills, but they don't work for me full time. So it's basically building an event for scratch. Yeah. And I, I really didn't know that either until you just said it. it's like, you're having to build a kitchen. Yes. And you may be under a tent somewhere. Yes. <laughs> Which um, I think we're experts at the tents. Um, Angie with Bar Charm will tell you, we've done a couple and we have another one coming up that we've, we've kind of got it down. Yeah. Well, speaking of tents, let's kind of go on this. On this is what are some of your, what are, what are some of the challenges you face? I mean, I don't know if it's the same as other vendors where maybe outdoors or weather could be affected. I, I imagine if you're serving food outdoors, weather could be a problem. I mean, what are just some of the general challenges uh, challenges that you could face as a caterer definitely the weather is a big one for us okay. um, because we are building a kitchen we're having to load everything in and out yeah um i would say another um thing that is a challenge for us is competing with restaurant catering Mm, okay. So they do have all the food there all the time, so they can do it a for a little bit less yeah. money. So that's a big challenge for us, competing with them. What people don't understand is what you're getting with a professional caterer versus mm. a restaurant caterer. Yeah, and, and I'm, that's the case with so many wedding vendors. Is you, you can go with Harris Custom Catering and not really have to worry about a thing. Right. Or you can go with your aunt and have all kinds of things to worry about. Well, and I think it's about education. Yeah. Our couples just don't realize what it takes to pull off an event. Yeah. And we're pros at it. We do it all the time. So <laughs> yeah. um, we do require staff. Um, so we're clearing tables. And, you know, our couples spend so much money on centerpieces, design, photography, videography. Yeah. And if you don't have staff there clearing that trash from those tables, then all of that's going to be in your pictures, in your video. Yeah. And it's just not, it doesn't lend to your guest experience. Yes. And I, I love, that's now the second time you've said guest experience. Yes. I love that. I think everybody could increase their sales if they just focus on guest experience. Agreed. Um, or even if they're just talking to somebody who's considering you, you know, hey, we put an emphasis on your guest experience. Yes. Because uh, that's a big fear for a lot of people is, are my guests going to have fun? Uh, are they going to like the food? Right. And so that's a big fear to them, uh, I have found. And so, yeah, guest experience, you've said it twice. So, I mean, you've you've given some sales advice just by saying that. Uh, so any wedding vendor listening, 
guest experience. Remember that. Big time. Um, <laughs> well, uh, speaking of maybe other wedding vendors, what do you have any advice for them? What kind of situations have you found yourself in as a caterer that could that could be good advice to other vendors? For example, maybe you've gone to a small wedding or what you thought would be a small wedding as far as responsibilities, and maybe it hasn't been. Uh, how would you prepare for something like that? Has it has those experiences changed the way you do weddings? Um, just kind of talk to me about that. Just sure. any advice that you have for other weddings? My experience with small weddings or what we consider easy weddings is that when we underestimate them, we miss some small details. Oh, uh, okay. So sometimes we always do a final meeting two weeks prior, and we go over um, the logistics of the day. Um, another reason it's important to hire professionals, not just caterers, is because timeline is a big issue. Yeah. Um, DJs like their own timeline. <laughs> photographers like their own timeline. Yep. Um, and then caterers have sometimes have a different timeline. So if you have a planner there that brings all those timelines together, there's the flow of the event is just so much better. Um, also, some advice I would say is connect with your bride and groom. One thing we mm -hmm. asked on our survey when we first deal with the bride and groom is if you had something that you could absolutely have at your wedding, what would it be? And uh, that's not just from a catering aspect, just in general, yeah. whether it's a hot air balloon or, you know, a custom beer made or something yeah. like that. I may not be able to execute it, but maybe I know someone who can. Yeah. So if we can make their dreams come true, then it's just going to make not only their guests excited, but them <laughs> had to have a memorable time. Yeah. Yeah. I really like what you say about that because that is you as a wedding professional not taking shortcuts and actually looking for um, recognizing that sometimes you can get too comfortable with the smaller Agreed. events. Uh, and I've been there too. I, I'd be lying if I said that's never happened. I've certainly gone to weddings where it's much smaller crowd and I felt like, you know, oh, well, obviously I'm going to prepare for this, but it's not a big crowd. And then I show up it's like, maybe I should have prepared a little bit more, yeah, exactly. even though what I didn't prepare for will go unnoticed. Right. But to me, it doesn't. So for catering, when you think of flowers, when you think of decorations, when you think of even things that DJs do like songs and, uh, and just different things, you th I think of the word trends. Yes. I don't think of that when I think of catering, but <laughs> I, th I think I'm wrong. I though. think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, so correct me on that. What are some trends uh, that happen with catering? Okay. Um, a, one of the trends that we're really seeing really strong right now is what we call stations. Okay. Um, sometimes they're themed, other times they're not. But what it allows is us to have different um, singular tables around the room to where there's not a line forming. Okay. for the buffet and it gets your guests up and mingling and if you're wanting that feel for your event um you know we'll we've done it so many different ways but sometimes we'll have like a tex-mex theme station we might have a barbecue theme station um it just allows some freedom within the room um another trend that we're seeing is um, multicultural cuisine mm -hmm. a lot of guests come from different areas so we're mixing it up yeah. Um, and it's okay to mix it up. It doesn't have to make sense. We yeah. can theme it your favorites menu. Um, <laughs> I've done some fusions that are pretty crazy. Um, the other trend that we're seeing, which I'm kind of excited about, is luxury receptions to where our client has a lower guest count so that they can provide a better experience oh, for really? the guest. Okay. So from a catering perspective, we would get to get into some five-course, seven-course meals versus you know, trying to feed 400 people Yeah. to have as many people at your reception as possible. So Yeah. 
Okay, see, that's something I've never really paid attention to. I'm seeing it now that you mention it, because it seems like over the last year, maybe even a shorter pe- time period than that, I have seen the stations. Yes. And I like that because as a DJ, sometimes I will call out table numbers, yes. like table one through three, you can get up, or, or immediate family, bright uh, wedding party. Uh, but with the stations, it doesn't create a really long line. So I could almost just, uh, depending on how big the crowd is, I can just get in the microphone and say, the, the buffet's open. There's a station over on the west wall. There's a station over there. I'm pointing at it so people can see. There's three or four different stations so people can get up, and it doesn't create a long line in any, any of them. I can release everybody at the same time. So I never really realized, looked at that as a trend, yeah. but I guess it is, and it's a trend I like. Well, I love that trend, too, and and I've, I've been advising my couples lately that as important as food is to me because I am like, I dream about food. I wake up, have to write things down, you know, those kind of things. Um is that time when you're taking photos, if you don't have cocktail or food, mm, go ahead yep. and open the buffets, open the yeah. stations, let your guests eat. And that gives you 45 minutes to an hour to get your photos done. Yep. We can bring what we call a private dinner where you sneak away. We make sure you're fed before you're introduced so that you're not wasting the cocktail hour plus another hour of service on food. Yeah. So that when you enter, you're just getting to the celebratory part of the event. You have more time to dance and greet your guests. Yep, absolutely. And and that's sometimes, like you mentioned, sometimes they're doing photos and they could be taking a little longer photos. I've done this before where I've I've noticed that people are ready to eat, but the timeline does not say that it's time to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say at like 7 o'clock, they're supposed to eat. It's about 7 o'clock, but the, the bride and groom or the couple, they want to be introduced before we feed everybody. Right. I've done it to where I've gone up to the photographer and said, how much longer? And they'd say, well, we actually still have this, that, and the other things for like 25 minutes. And I would just make that call. And I'd go in and say, hey, I'm going to open it. Now, that's whenever I'd specifically do it by table. Right. uh, Because I don't want a bunch of people in line whenever I introduce the couple. Uh, But I've done that before where it's like, these people are going to get cranky if I don't do something. I love that. And we we have started implementing what we call a hard number. So when we talk about, that is when... They're taking photos, but they don't want the buffet opened. But I'll say, give me a, a hard time. So okay. what? at what time can I open the buffet if you're not back? Oh, okay. Because your guests are never going to know that that was not the plan. Yeah. But if it's, like you said, they're getting bored, yeah. per se, um, then we open the buffet and they just never know that wasn't the plan to begin yeah. with. Um, and that's when photos usually are taking a little longer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's called a hard time? A hard, well, I usually call it a hard number, but a hard it, is, number, that's it right. can be a hard time. Like, what time is the hard time? Like, what yeah. time can I open if you're not back? Okay. And, of course, I'm going to get with the planner or the MC or the DJ, whoever yeah. it is, and let them know that, hey, <laughs> we've got to open the buffet. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've always had – I've worked with you a few times, sure. especially at uh, uh, Grand Canadian yes, Theater. it's one of my favorite it places. It seems like we've always worked well together yes. on that. So you're, you're good at communication. Thank you. Um, so – uh, one thing I've, I've noticed on your, this is kind of taking another turn in the conversation, but I noticed it on your website. So I've got to, I've got to ask you about okay. it. Just tell me what you think. <laughs> of it. Uh, it says culinary magic cart. You take them on a culinary magic carpet ride, taking your guests to places they've never been. We like to do things that are <laughs> unexpected. Yeah. We want them to experience something kind of new. And it's kind of like telling a story with food oh, okay. where whatever we're serving there's the first part of the course, the second part, the third part. Um, one thing that we're doing a lot lately is sometimes we'll pass hors d'oeuvres and then have stationary hors d'oeuvres too. So it's a little okay. bit of a surprise for them. Um, we're also oftentimes bringing out what we call a late night snack. 
to where everyone's been, they've had dinner, they've been drinking a while, dancing. Sometimes it's good to bring something back out for them before they exit, especially when they've been drinking. So we'll pass little mini pizzas in a box or we'll reveal a s'mores bar. So I guess we're talking about the story in that (laughs) comment. Yeah, That's really cool. I like that. I like that you can build a story with food. I mean, there's so much that I'm learning here. Uh, just from just from talking to you, oh, I've learned thanks. what a what a hard number is. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start saying that every time I go to go to weddings now. I'm going to say, "What time is the buffet supposed to open?" And can we consider that a hard number? Meaning, if the bride and groom aren't ready, right. if the couple's not ready, can I just go into it anyway? You know, I mean, some of those you got to make a judgment call. Of if they're course. five minutes away from being done, I mean, I may let that hard number. Sure. Uh, give it some flexibility a well and bit, from but. a caterer's perspective if we're sitting there and we have a time when the food's supposed to be ready and it's ideally hot and ready to go yeah and then it's delayed then the quality <laughs> of the food suffers yeah okay see i didn't think about that yeah. so that's that is i mean i i've got that's some good information for other wedding coordinate even wedding planners not sure. just djs who make the announcement that the buffet's open but wedding planners as well it's um this that's really good to know Thanks. i mean Seems like my my eyes are being opened every time I every time I do a podcast and even the ones where I don't think you know I'm I'm a DJ and do music and what could I possibly learn from somebody who does catering? My mind thinks nothing, but then I come here and start talking to you, and now it's like I I'm learning so much about catering that actually has something to do with what I do as well. So well, catering's not just about food. There's yeah. so much more involved. Um, we start on Monday planning for a Saturday reception. Okay. So many times people ask me, do you have a full-time job Monday through Friday? And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you have no idea. So Mondays and Tuesdays we spend planning, ordering food, yeah. um, you know, staffing, all of those kind of things. And then Wednesday, Thursday get into production and then Friday and Saturday is really hardcore. But um, there's a lot that goes into it besides just the yeah. food. Yeah, sounds like it. Which I'm never going to let go. My hands are involved in the kitchen still. Yeah. My burn marks, you know, prove it. Um, but I have a really talented uh, chef named Stephanie who's been okay. with me about a year. So okay. she's kind of learned the ropes and I trust her. But um, my hands are still involved with the creation of the menus yeah. and usually the execution of the food as well. Okay. Awesome. Um, well, these last few questions I'm going to ask. Uh, the first one, is there anything else that you want to that you want to say either to a, a uh, potential wedding client, maybe the importance of hiring a professional. I know we kind of touched on that, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if we got into the detail that maybe you'd want to get on the importance of hiring a professional over somebody's aunt that is a good cook sure. or something. I think it's important for the flow of the event and, again, the guest experience, which is important to me, to hire pro vendors in general. Yeah. Um, the biggest loss i think if you don't have professionals is going to be the flow of the event and the timeline um nobody's going to be controlling what's happening and your guests are not going to know what to do the things that from a catering perspective hiring a professional what's important is that we make sure we have enough food Mm -hmm. so when the ceremony's going on i'm usually counting heads (laughs) so if we have a count of 200 and there's 300 people at the ceremony then i'm going to the store (laughs) Ah, have you ever had to do that oh yes many times oh absolutely and the guests never know it the client never knows it but um if we run out of food it makes us look bad it makes the client look bad it makes our fellow vendors look bad because they recommended us so That is a no-no. We don't run out of food. Um, Also, our presentation and the style that we add to displaying our food is much different 
than a non-professional. Yeah. Um, we know how to keep food warm. We know how to display it in what we call a tablescape to where it's just not disposable pan, disposable mm. pan, disposable pan. Yeah. Um, that just adds to the design of the whole room. Yeah. So as you can see in this room, we're just it's full of display equipment where we're shooting today. But um, we try to design it to match the theme of whatever else is going on. Okay. So that's important. Um, and then service. You know, uh, we stay all the way until our brides and grooms make their exit. Oh, really? We do, okay. which is unique even for some professional caterers. Yeah. But we try to satisfy the cleaning portion of the contract with their venue. So our staff will take out the trash. You know, they'll sweep up um, to a certain degree to where at the end of the night, all they really have to do is take their personal belongings and go. Yeah. Um, we also keep tea and water there during dancing time. Okay. Because our tea and water is complimentary with our menus. But when people are dancing is when they're really thirsty for water. Yeah. So that's another reason that we kind of hang out until the end. Yeah. And I like that that you mentioned water because, I mean, it's such a simple thing. But I have gone to caterers before and it's like, hey, you got any water? And they'll give it. I mean, I mean, they'll give it to me. But it's not always easy to find. Or available. Or right. available. Yeah. Right. Um, well, you mentioned something that uh, I have never, again, something else I've never thought about is kind of the design on food. You mentioned, uh, you know, that what you serve them in. Nobody, I don't think anybody really wants their wedding to look like a Sunday evening Baptist um, <laughs> church potluck. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, with, you know, crock pot here and then just and come to think of it, I don't think I've ever really seen a wedding that looked like a church potluck sure. dinner and now i'm realizing it's because of the caterers and what right. the caterers do yeah behind it's the important scenes. Yeah. and you know we try to satisfy so many different budgets yeah. and i had a little client and she wanted just pizza and salad that's all that was in their budget was pizza and salad hmm. and so um she was feeding 300 people it was a large amount of pizza and my favorite picture from the day was the empty pizza boxes but that's here <laughs> nor there but um we just designed this table in the most spectacular way with all kinds of risers and pizza pans and, and wood things to where nobody knew the difference. Her guests yeah. had no idea that they were just eating salad <laughs> and pizza because there was such a variety and it was so yeah. pretty. That actually reminds me, you mentioned pizza, which um, in a way could be the cheaper way to go. Sure. Uh, I actually, this is kind of more just advice from, from you to me. I actually, and I'm going to ask you on the podcast because maybe somebody else finds herself in the same situation. I have a client who, in order to afford our music services, they completely cut out dinner. Oh, and wow. I told them, I said, you should not do that. I said, if anything, if anything, go to Little Caesars and right. get a bunch of hot and ready's. Don't cut that out because the dancing's not going to be as 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 good whenever these guests are hungry. Right. They're going to be cranky. They're going to leave early because they're going to want something to eat. So. Um, what would you say to me to say to that client? How, how can I best sell uh, catering services or at least them getting something for dinner? It's a weird – hundreds of weddings I've done, I've never had anybody say we're not doing dinner because we want to afford you Well, guys. I would say to tell your clients don't shy away from catering, first yeah. of all, because just because their budget might be small, they can probably find somebody that can satisfy it. Yeah. There's different levels of catering. Um, and different budget levels within each catering company. Yeah. Um, but 
I've thought it'd be so cool to have just stacks of pizzas on a buffet <laughs> myself yeah. to stage that. So um, the other thing that you didn't mention that I have warned people about is if you're serving alcohol and no food, your guests are going to be inebriated. Uh, yep. And then they're going to get drunk, and then there's liability involved <laughs> yeah. with that. So oh, that's a good li- – uh, okay. I advise if they can't afford a whole meal, change the time of the reception. Yeah. Have an early afternoon where we just have light hors d'oeuvres. Yeah. Or do it after dinner, maybe just have a dessert buffet. Yeah. But they need to have something in their stomachs. I, I 100% agree. I, don't, I didn't know how to handle a situation. That's yeah. why I told them. I said – Get, I, I think I actually mentioned Little Caesars. I was like, go to Little Caesars or something, because uh, you're gonna. I mean, it does. You don't have to spend a, a ton of money if you don't have the money, right? But at least give your guests something. Something. So. Uh, well, and they can put Little Caesars pizza on some real pretty trays, and yeah. nobody's ever gonna know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's part of the, you know, secret of catering. Um, not that we're gonna go to Little Caesars. We make our own pizza, but um, you can take something that a classic and put a spin on it and, you know, put it in a cup, you know, put a riser underneath it. Just make it look special. Yeah, definitely. Um, Well, these last couple questions is um, first off, who are some of your favorite vendors to work with? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, Well, firstly, I want to, I want to say that part of our success is that I feel like our part as partners, we represent each other's brands. Sure. So I feel, and I teach my staff to feel like we don't just work for our clients. We work for the vendors that we Uh. work with. So I think that's been part of our success. So we don't want to let a venue down. We want to take care of their facility. Um, We also love and appreciate the business that the planners bring us um one of our favorites obviously is bar charm Mm -hmm. which you had angie on all her girls are great and we service her clients in in just an array of ways just different styles different budgets um venues we love the montalano Uh Uh, we happen to have you know some packages with them so we're there kind of often um the grand canadian theater you mentioned them earlier and we do a lot of events at the springs which i know that is um one of the places where they allow you to do whatever you want to there Uh but i think brides are starting to realize that they need to bring in some professionals so i love that um oh my gosh cake i love amy cakes we get to cut the cakes oh okay so we get to see how good or not good they are um <laughs> that's part of our service we love amy cakes i love unita with unita cake yep, yep. uh floral i love kylie with rootstock floral uh-huh. she's just a sweet spirit she's been mentioned a few times kind of yeah. like your name this is the third or fourth time i've heard, heard well i feel like with her you get more for your money yeah. She is not there to rip you off. Yeah. She's kind of more of a boutique company, like I would say we are. Yeah. So you get more for your money that way. Um, I always recommend Full Circle, of course, oh, which well, I, ca- I can't get the change. To, is it FCM? Yeah, it's FCM Entertainment. Yeah, I, it's it's, it's going to take a while. Yeah, if anybody calls us Full Circle Melody, you're not wrong. Yeah. Because that's what FCM stands for. And a lot so. of people um, really love you guys. So yeah. most of them have heard about you already. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, those are some of my favorites. Awesome. Well, and those are some of my favorites too. I mean, you mentioned Angie. She's she is uh, somebody who's been mentioned several times, and I, I I'm going to have her back on. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, there there are a lot lots of these podcasts where it's like I don't feel like I'm done talking to you. Right. We need to, I actually kind of feel like that this way too. I mean, I, I hope to have you back on as well. So. Well, I learn from Angie just when we sit down with clients. Yeah. I'm I just like you. I learn things from her that I can put into my business. So yeah. She's she's. A good business person. Yeah, she's a very good business person. Um, I, I mean, I talked to so many great wedding professionals. I, I've said this nearly every podcast, but like, I can cancel any 
any uh, wedding conference I have in the future because I'm learning so much oh, from that's you great. guys. It's like, yeah. I don't need to go to wedding MBA because <laughs> I, I get wedding MBA every time every time I come to a podcast. Well, just I'm glad like to today, hear that because so. I've been considering going, so maybe that'll help <laughs> no, me. I've it, never it's gone. Good. It's, it's good. I, I really enjoyed it when I went. There's, I've gone to lots of catering conferences, and uh-huh. I like that because catering is a lot of, um, I don't want to say – borrowing people's ideas but you get inspiration from so many different places so catering conferences they focus on the trends and design and they share recipes too frankly so um, but i've never done the mba (laughs) it's good i i went one year um and i'll I'll go again uh but i feel like i i feel like every week when i do these interviews i'm at a wedding well the other thing is you're getting local information yeah yeah. That pertains to our clients. Yeah. Because if you go to New York, it's going to be different. Yep. Yep. My uh, my mentor is actually in New York City. And so, and he's a DJ like what we are. Uh, but some of the things he does doesn't really apply to what we do. So, it's, yes. it, so yeah, you got to kind of be careful of that. With but on the, on the other hand, sometimes you get information earlier and we see oh, the trends yeah. a couple of years later yep. coming into Oklahoma. Yep. So we stay on top of our game <laughs> that way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That, that's, that's really good. So um, last question is where can people find you at? Let's say somebody's listening to this and they're interested in you or uh, how could other wedding vendors connect with you? Are sure. you on Facebook, Instagram, website? Both. Okay. Yeah, I am. That is not my forte, but we do have a <laughs> website. It's harriscustomcatering.com. Um, you can always reach me via email at Janice, J-A-N-I-C-E, at harriscustomcatering.com. Um, we do have a Facebook page, um, Harris Custom Catering. Um, we do have an Instagram. I believe it's Harris underscore custom underscore catering. Um, okay. My teenage kids set all that up for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we would love to connect with some new places and new circles of, of vendors. So Awesome. And right. brides. I yep. love my brides. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Yes, so, yes. Um, well, awesome. Well, thanks so much, Janice, for being a part of this. Thank you. Yeah, this is a joy. I've, I've been looking forward to doing this ever since your name has been mentioned time and time after again. So. Well, I've been super nervous, <laughs> so thank you for making it easy. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope I did. So. You did. Um, thank you. And then for the listener, tune in next week. We'll have another wedding professional on that I'm sure you can learn some other things about from. <laughs>